candid conversations that might just change how you look at the world. Let's bridge cultures, transcend borders, and build a global family of change makers. Welcome to If By Chance. Dyscalculia is a word I struggle to say, but Michelle has struggled with this learning disability her whole life. And if we're honest, we all have something we're not great at. In this episode, Michelle shares her experience and what she wishes people knew when interacting with a person who has a learning disability. I blog about my life with a learning disability and I also have my photography as well. And I work in a school for students that have dis um, disabilities, some who don't, and I work as a paraeducator or teacher's aide. And I also contract with uh, another group, uh, All Abilities Media. And in terms of the learning disabilities that you deal with, can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. I have dyscalculia, a math learning disability where it affects my ability to be able to do math. My brain is just not wired to do that. <laughs> but it also goes beyond just a math class. I confuse my right from my left and directional concepts such as east, south, and west are really difficult for me. I also have visual perception issues, but that is in my, my brain as well, not in my eyes. And it affects more like my eye-hand coordination, my reaction time. And I have limited hand dexterity in both of my hands. And that'll affect my small motor skill, my fine motor skill, such as unlocking doors, uh, grasping uh, objects using the pincher grasp, that sort of thing. Things will fall into my hands. <laughs> and when I didn't get that diagnosis till I was an adult, and then all of a sudden, everything just kind of came together. I'm like, oh, that's why I drop things so much. And it just all kind of comes to one source of having the learning disability. Wow. So was that a relief? Did you think that there was something else going on? We always knew what was going on because I was diagnosed when I was in kindergarten. And it was just an umbrella term. We just said, oh, you have a learning disability. And a lot of people were familiar like dyslexia. And they didn't call it dyscalculia. However, they knew I wasn't going to be a mathematician from the time I was five. but they didn't know about the hand dexterity as much. And they didn't know about the visual perception. That was something that they worked on as well. So my understanding was dyslexia. And I always have trouble saying the name of the disability that you said, dyscalculia, that one. Are they yes. not two separate things or are they they're, interrelated? They're both learning disabilities. But they're two different types. Now, you can have dyslexia and dyscalculia together. I mean, sometimes we can have a, a variety of different kinds, but they're two totally separate conditions because I'm generally a good reader. I have reading comprehension issues, but I can tell what the words are. I don't have a lot of language-based problems. Any of the speech stuff that happened was because my ears were clogged when I was young. I had speech therapy. That was cleared up by the time I was in fifth grade. So I can hear like how words are, how they're pronounced. I don't generally miss, miss you know, misuse words, but they are two very separate things. Dyscalculia or dyscalculia, depending on how you pronounce it, is more of a math-based one. And I don't read numbers backwards, but it just my brain, for some reason, it just can't forget steps of the problem. 
I don't know all my addition, subtraction, multiplication facts. I can't read the face of a clock. I can tell you what the numbers are and where the handles and the little lines are. But other than that, it doesn't comprehend to me. So I use a digital watch. Um, it can be hard with budgeting. It can also be really difficult with just how much do you tip somebody? That's a lot of the math stuff. But as I said before, directional concepts are difficult. And I also confuse my right from my left. Mm, which I always thought was related to dyslexia for some reason. I had no idea that that was also involved in dyscalculia. So what was, I don't know if you can remember back this far, but what was kindergarten like for you? or early school? Kindergarten was really difficult for me. I was an only child for 13 years, so I didn't have a lot of uh, social skills, and I certainly struggled academically. So I went in, and I really struggled to keep up with my peers, and I struggled to keep up in the classroom. I can remember I would get a dot-to-dot page. I thought, oh, I did perfect, and I get it turned in, and it wasn't done correctly, and I didn't understand that. I struggled with counting. I struggled with tying my shoes. I didn't learn how to tie them until third grade. And my preschool teacher thought that there was definitely something going on because I, you know, had I had difficulty when I was in preschool as well. But I was my parents' first child, so they thought, okay, we'll just send her to school. She'll catch up. She's a normal kid from what we can see and from what they knew. And... I didn't. And that's when I had a very good teacher that picked up on that and recommended to my parents about getting tested for a learning disability. And what changed for you after that? Well, I had to repeat kindergarten the following year in a different school in our district. It was still a public school. It was really difficult going back and repeating that grade. But also I had to do specialty instruction where we really worked on having the disability and things that I could do. And I can just remember it was really frustrating in the beginning. I just thought that life was always going to be really hard. And if I just didn't have my disability, and it would just be perfect if it just went away. And it didn't go away, but things did get better for me. I, eventually, after using all those uh, specialty services and uh, with the classes and having accommodations, I was able to be put into uh, regular ed classes. Uh, in the beginning, it was just uh, readings, and then we did science and social studies. And by the time I was in high school, I was in all regular ed classes except for math, and we had a resource room where I could get support with my work. Socially, it was really difficult, though. I went to a small school district that didn't really value diversity, and my disability made me stick out like a sore thumb. And the bullying started pretty early. In the beginning, it wasn't as bad. But as I progressed throughout school, it got easier academically, but really harder socially for me. So did it feel like for all those years, everybody was focusing on your weaknesses and not your strengths? I felt like that was what a lot of people focused on. Because if I would go into the classroom... I would be really frustrated, especially during the elementary school years where everything's road memory. And when you struggle with trying to uh, remember a lot with road memory, that was hard. And my handwriting was never great. And I had a teacher that put a W on my report card indicating weakness for my handwriting. And yeah, 
And I had a teacher that I was coloring uh, a map of the United States. I thought, oh, I'm doing really good. He held up my picture in front of everybody and said, this is, does this look like she's doing for best? And my parents no. advocated for me. Yep, they went to the school. And, and then I had some other ones that were not so great too. I can remember I was in a music class and the teacher had an idea. Oh, we're going to teach everybody how to play the keyboard, but the other kids who are really good at music are going to teach everybody else how to play. And it didn't really work that well. And I had to get up in front of everybody to play like everybody did. And the teacher sat and screamed at me in front of everybody because I couldn't do what they wanted me to do. But I think the worst had to be too is whenever I was in high school and I knew I wanted to go to college, I was afraid to go in. And my learning support teacher told me, I don't think you can handle going to college because of your disability. Why don't you go to a trade school? That's such a classic. And I have nothing against trade school, like while you're in school. If you want to go and you want to do that, great. But nothing there interested me. So I decided I'm going to go on to college. We have a federal program called Office for Vocational Rehabilitation. And they pay for testing. They paid for college. I was able to graduate debt-free. But in order to get their services back in that time, we had to get, had to get tested all over for a learning disability. And test taking has never been my number one thing for me. It's always been a struggle. My parents and I, we spent a lot of time studying and and sometimes I didn't do well, even if I'd really worked hard. And sure enough, the testing didn't come back very positive. I had a lot of low scores in a lot of areas. And the psychiatrist put, most likely won't go beyond community college. And then later put, after I went to a school and I had, I thought, well, maybe I want to give grad school a try. And that didn't work out, but to get the accommodations once again. And they said, well, you can't. <clears throat> write news reports or you can't do all the stuff because they asked me what I wanted to do. And I find it kind of funny. <laughs> this morning, I just, I sent a check to the the, the bank uh, for an article that I wrote and for, for a newspaper. And I'm, I work at another agency where we work on how to do news reports and writing and things like that. And a lot of people, even when I got to school, people really focused on what the negatives were saying disability accommodations are cheating. I had another professor that said I'd have limited job choices. And it just was a lot of focus on what I couldn't do, rather on when am I good now? What, what can I do? And is that attitude the reason why you're still working in schools? Yes, I want to be the voice that tells them that they can do it. And I do love being able to go in, and especially working with students that have learning disabilities, because sometimes listening to them is like hearing and reporting myself with my, at their age. I hate my disability. I wish I didn't have it. And I get to be that voice that tells them it's not a bad thing to have a disability. And I have a disability. And this is how you can advocate for yourself. And a lot of times we'll take a really scared kid that doesn't know how to ask for help. And I get to show them how you ask for those services and they're not afraid anymore and they're empowered to be able to ask for support services. That's so fantastic. I'm kind of scared to ask this question. Do you think schools have really improved since you were first there? I think they definitely have improved on doing tr uh, transition services on what they can do outside of school. 
we start those programs when they're a lot younger. I think sometimes a lot of students struggle when they don't have straight support service classes in the area that they really struggle with. And I think we have a lot of students that are really struggling in some of these basic classes because it's not tailored to their level. It's tailored to a general level of everybody, but not them. And usually I'm getting pretty good at going in and finding out the kid that can't read because sometimes we'll see behavior problems and we think, oh, that's just a bad kid. Then you go up and you talk to them and you're like, do you need help? Do you want me to read this test to you? And the kid will say, yeah, could you do that? And if you read it to them, they can usually, they'll give you the correct answer. Sometimes they don't. And then it's like, oh, the light bulb goes off. That kid can't read. That's why they're acting out in class. So I think it's harder when we just put them in a classroom and we expect them to perform at the level that every other basic kid uh, can do. Can you give me some practical tips on how someone might go about identifying where a child is struggling without making them feel lesser? Definitely. I think some of the ways that we can do that is, yeah, just talking with the teacher, talking with another professional that might observe that. And when we find out that maybe a child does have a disability, it's explaining it in simple age-appropriate terms that are in a positive way. I can remember my parents talking to me saying, you have a learning disability, you learn differently. And hearing that was a lot better than a lot of my peers who were telling me that I wasn't smart and just giving me other diagnosis that was definitely not accurate. But I think it needs to be also in positive terms too. Realistic and, and honest, but also in positive for example, what, anytime I had an idea of what I wanted to do when I went to school, my mom went to the meeting and she was honest and said, okay, Michelle wants to do this. And the teacher would say, okay, she's going to have to take some of these classes. She might have to take a math or a science. But sometimes it was just finding the right programs and just being that supportive uh, voice that you can still have the things that you want. You can still study what you want to do. Sometimes we just have to find a different way around it. And tell me about your art. My art? Yes, I love photography. I am not able to drive because of the visual perception. So I get that chance to bring out details of flowers that other people will miss. I'll be in the car with my husband and I'll say, oh, did you see that? And my husband will be like, I'm driving. I'll have that chance to go back and take that picture of a flower if I'm on a walk. And if I was in the car, that's something that I wouldn't notice. And I couldn't take the picture of it. So that is one of the things that I do. I have submitted my photos for magazines before and had them published there. I also have them on my blog, on my store for the prints. And I've also had them in some exhibits as well. So what is your favorite thing of all the things that you do? I think my favorite thing is writing. I love to write. It's always been really a source of healing for me. That was the first talent we figured out that I could do whenever I was young. I can remember I wrote a story about a dinosaur and my dad read and said, this is pretty good. And that just encouraged me to write. And it was really healing because it gave me a voice. There might've been things that I couldn't say to somebody's face or say out loud because I would hurt somebody's feelings. But I had that voice to be able to express how I felt when somebody said something that was unkind or just 
anything that was going on, it was really stressing me out. Writing gave me that voice. And I can remember I was in an adult writing group and I had a friend that told me, wow, you really should write about having a learning disability. I said, I don't know. This is kind of personal. Don't know if I want to, I wish I want to write about it. And I think I wrote some bad poetry and some other really <laughs> terrible things. That, and once I finally got that courage to write about my struggle with limited hand dexterity and opening up locks, it was really healing for me. And I just wanted to write more about having that and share my experience. And that's when I got more articles published. And I also started my own blog. So how old were you when you discovered the writing? I had to be seven or eight, somewhere around that, maybe a little bit younger, because I can remember making books out of wrapping paper. There was little. And that wasn't encouraged at school or you just didn't have the opportunity for that outlet at that time? I think it was slightly encouraged, but it wasn't something that they had when I was very young. I think we were trying to get me to be a good reader. I was already pretty good at that. I just needed a little bit of extra help. I can remember we had fifth graders that came into my second time at kindergarten where they paired us up. And one of the things we wrote about was a tree. She drew the pictures and I told a story. And I also... I didn't end up writing stories on the computer, but there was a first grade class that I was in and we dressed up for our Thanksgiving celebration. And I, one of the captions was students wrote Thanksgiving stories on the computer. So I think, and then once they figured out I like to write, that was something that they definitely could see that I had that potential in there. And also the speaking, they, that was one thing they really saw when I was young was that I could speak and that, that I read with expression. That was one of the notes that my learning support teacher put on one of my reports to my parents to please encourage me to keep on reading because I read with such expression. With the introduction of computers and innovation in technology, how has that changed things? It's a lot easier with the handwriting. I wish they would have had that when I was a lot younger. It would have solved a lot of problems once I finally learned how to type. It took me a full semester. But once I was able to turn documents in that were typed, people knew what I was saying. And there wasn't, uh, a lot of people would tell me, oh, you need to improve your handwriting. They, they, they called that a character flaw. And I can remember I'd had uh, a peer that told me, well, you have messy handwriting and you want to be a writer, you have to learn to be neat. And I'm yet to have an editor say, I want a handwritten piece done. And I think that has helped. I think also things such as Grammarly, because I definitely need to have that. I mean, I'm good with knowing what I want to say, expressing my ideas, but just sometimes grammar can be that little part that can be difficult for me. So having that, having other software with just checking my work, having somebody else do that is also helpful too. But it brought up a new world with that. And also meeting other people that had a disability. Lightbite. Mostly when I went to school, I was the only one in learning support that really struggled with math. Most of my other peers struggled with reading and behavior issues. And I got to meet other people that have my disability and having that connection. And that wouldn't have been possible without the computer. So are there any other tools that you'd recommend? Yes. Uh, For limited hand dexterity, I 
use an electric can opener because I can't use a manual one. I also have jar openers that I use because my hands just can't open up some tight jars and we have a great one that'll do that. And those are things that help me out. Um, Even sometimes simple things. If I'm reading with my students and having trouble visual tracking, like on a piece of paper, one of the things we would do when the time I was young is I'd have a piece of paper underneath it. And sometimes my students will ask me what I'm doing and I'll just say, oh, this just helps me keep a visual track, keeps things in order for me. You can also use a note card with that too. I also use a tip calculator whenever I'm out and it helps me know what uh, tip that I'm supposed to give to somebody else. And if I do have my debit card or credit, that can be harder for me because I'll spend more money because it's more of an abstract concept. But if I have $20, I can go into the store and I have an idea of a range of what I'm spending and I can visualize the dollars, the, the coins. And it's always a surprise when I get to the register, but at least I have a more of an idea of what I'm doing. And other than Grammarly, are there any tools and technology that you would recommend? I do a Hemingway app as well for myself. It just helps me with that, with writing, the Hemingway editor. And then, but there's also other tools for people with disabilities that they can use communication devices with computers. Um, A lot of the iPads have that as well. And it it just helps. And I also use my Fitbit for another digital watch because I can't tell time on an analog clock, which is, we don't see a lot of them now, but everything is generally digital. But that also has been a real help too. I just want to go back to community. Can you tell me what it's meant for you and if it's created any opportunities? It has definitely created a lot of opportunities just to be able to connect with people and talk because sometimes that's validating. I might say, oh yeah, I I can't read the face of a clock and a friend that has the same disability goes, hey, I I know what that's like. I have the same thing. So I think it's creating that community of people, whether it's just with a meeting, a journaling group, or sometimes just if you're meeting up with somebody that you, you know has a disability. And it also gives me a chance to be able to share my story and listen to um, other people's stories as well. Do you feel that it's helpful for people to understand that you have a disability or what would you suggest that people do if they have an inkling that there's something different about you but they don't really know how to approach it? I think it's just how treating somebody the way that you'd want to be treated. It's hard because sometimes people look at me and they can't see the disability but they can see some of the other things that might come out. I can I know I was in the grocery store a couple months ago and I was unloading my cart and sometimes my husband will go in with me if it's a really crowded day because it it can be hard for me to manage a cart and unloading things. But it was a day that there wasn't a lot of people that were around and I'm unloading my cart, having a good day. And I had a woman that came up to me behind me and she started talking with me and then she starts unloading my cart. And like, Oh, okay. Oh, thank you. I, I thought, oh, that's that's odd, but that's nice. So it's helping me. And she goes, after I thanked her, oh, I like to help people and you look like you really needed it. And to me, that was, I was just shocked. I was like, 
Oh, because usually people don't under, don't uh, question that because they can't see my inability to do math. But I mean, I think a lot of times it's asking a person, oh, do you need help with that? If it looks like that they might need assistance. And some people might say, yes, I, I could definitely use help. And other people can say, oh, I, I have it. And I think of all the other people that I did help in the grocery store. Sometimes began elderly women that are really tiny and they'll say, can you help me reach the beans on the top shelf? And sure enough, I'll do that if I can help them out and opening the door up to people. But I think it's just treating somebody how you'd want to be treated. If you already know me or if you are getting to know me, just maybe ask, oh, I noticed this. Yeah, do you need help with this? And I think that goes a long way. So do you feel that lady who helped you overstepped? I don't know. She overstepped. I think in some ways it was just very sh- surprising. I was just surprised by that, but I I had that. So it's one of those things. I'm sure she had good intentions, but I, I went away. I wish she would have asked, oh, could you, do, you, do you need help with that? Is there anything else that you would like people to know about what it's like to have a disability? Sure. I, I think life with a disability definitely is something that I, I really struggled with whenever I was young. And I thought that no good can come out of it. But when you have a disability, it's it's all right. And good does come out of it. And some you just have to find out what you want to do and be able to find a way to do it. And sometimes success comes in a different package than you expected. But oftentimes it's even better. And do you think it would be better if we started focusing on our strengths more than our weaknesses? Yes. What do you think that balance should be? I think we should definitely focus on what somebody is good at, because sometimes we, that can even be used to motivate people. If someone likes to write, that can be a good tool to say, okay, maybe you can do a job with writing. This is what you need to do and be honest and be, okay, if you want to go to college, this is some of the requirements, but I know that you can do that. And also look into programs too, when something may not work out. For me, if you would put me in an algebra class or even anything that involved math, it was really difficult for me. What I did was I took a philosophy-based math course and I didn't do well in the class, but I was able to pass. And I think it's finding a way using somebody's strengths but sometimes you can't get around it. I couldn't get around having to do some kind of math or some kind of science, but it's finding what's going to work for that person and definitely focusing on what you're good at. Because I find that if I focus on what I'm good at, it's more empowering than sitting around and thinking, oh, I can't do math or I can't drive. Can you tell me more about how philosophy and maths fits together? Yes. A lot of times people who take these courses are going to be lawyers. And that was definitely not something that was going to be a goal path for me. But we would do uh, fallacies, which I could do that. They had like charts. They had a lot of statements that if you said this, then that meant that. And it was very confusing. It, It was definitely difficult, but the teacher was wonderful. So was it a little bit like Sherlock Holmes? A little bit, yeah. It was because you were trying to do applied logic to figuring out problems and 
it was really a lot of logical things, conditional statements. And the professor told us, I don't expect some of you to know what to remember all these things when you leave. But what I want you to do is when you're hearing something and something doesn't sound right, to stop and to think about it. Does this make sense? Or is this really how it is? And that class does open up your eyes to, okay, does this make sense? Is this what is really going on? And that was his whole goal. So given your experiences, is your blog a platform to get your message out in this space and to make the world a little bit better for people with disabilities? So I definitely want to give my story out, but I also want to be able to connect with other people that have disabilities. And I have a forum on my blog where people with disabilities can connect with each other. That's really nice. How long has that been going for? That has been going on since this summer. And what kind of people do you find are connecting on the forum? I get some people that have disabilities and I also get people that work with individuals with disabilities as well. We're still in the early stages of it though. So are you looking to connect with more people that have had experiences similar to you? Yes, definitely. I love that. And I also like people that have had also different experiences as well. In the disability space or just generally? I think in the disability space, but generally is also nice too. But I think in the disability space though is where my main interest is. Are there any last thoughts you want to leave us with? Just want to encourage people with disabilities or who don't have them not to give up and to just keep focusing on what they're good at. And just to remember the success may not come in the package you expected, but something a lot better. That's great advice. Thanks, Michelle. The world is changing at a rapid pace, and it's good to hear that some institutions are changing too. But are we doing enough for people who don't do well on standard measures? Perhaps it's not the people who are wrong, but the measures themselves. Instead, maybe we should do as Michelle suggests. Just keep focusing on what you're good at. And remember that success may not come in the package you're expecting. Now, dear listener, it's your turn. Have you got something to add to the conversation? Then get in touch via the links in the show notes. Whether you have questions, a message of support, or resources that you think might help, we'd love to hear from you. And if by chance, you know someone with a story that will inspire others, be sure to let us know. Your contributions help turn inspiration into action drive positive change and make life just that little bit better. And if this conversation inspired you to expand your worldview, head to hellohuman.global to join the conversation.